morning. Hey, God bless us with a beautiful, another beautiful yes. day. Amen. It's so good to be here this morning. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. It's good to see you, Brother Robin. Will you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Hey, Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come to you again. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Lord giving us health and strength. Come back out here and out for a little more time. Lord, I pray that you be with each church this morning. God, help us all here. God, worship you and lift your name up. Yes. Just thank you and praise you for everything you've done for us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Y'all can be seated. Let's, uh, let's sing another one here. Look the page up. You know, this song has been on my mind. Look at page 75. It is well with my soul. That song has been on my mind closet. 1705. I'm sorry, 705. 705. 
sing it a lot, but that's one song that's been on my or him, it's been on my mind sure. a lot this week. Is it well with my soul? Praise God. Well my soul. Does anybody have anything before we go into a time of uh, prayer? Time? <clears throat> it's uh, pray for Brother Michael McGee. I think he said he's a little under the weather today. Anyone else? Wayne, I'd like for y'all to continue to remember Bobby. He, yes. He got a little overzealous yesterday and <laughs> overdid a little bit. He was hurting this morning. He, he's doing very well. Uh, he's not hurting through his chest into his back anymore. So we're thankful for that. That's good. That is good. Yeah, he, I guess he wanted to get out and do some things after having surgery, but I guess he did push it a little bit too fast. But pray for Bobby. Pray for Bobby. Uh, I remember mom and dad. Yeah. We're facing some decisions that uh, are life altering. Yes. Sure. And Brother Robert and Sister and, and pray for Linda. She she does a great job taking care of me and but sometimes I'm not the easiest person to get along with and, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm frustrated and I guess I've been in this chair long, it's a lot longer than I thought I would be and uh, sometimes it takes a, a heavy toll on me and sure. I take it out on Linda and, and, I, and she don't deserve that but uh, y'all remember her. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Anyone else? I hadn't heard from uh, Don or anything. Anybody give an update on Don? How he's supposed to get his uh, Wednesday. 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 Okay. They they put it on him last Wednesday, and they've got to tweak it a little bit, and make some adjustments. And, okay. But the doctor told him to bring two shoes with him when he came. <laughs> he's gonna walk out of there. <laughs> they got him up, but it took. I think she said two or three minutes yeah. Yeah, they're phony, but it didn't fit right. <clears throat> Let's do remember, Don. I, I, I have a friend in therapy, that, uh, Jeremy, that uh, has had basically the same amputee or amputation that, that Don has had. And, uh, he, they, they had a hard time getting his leg to fit, and, and he's, he's doing pretty good with learning to walk on it. But it ain't an easy thing to do. Remember our Elizabeth and Zeke? Uh, he's just a couple of weeks away now. And uh, keep them in, in mind that uh, everything will go smooth with that. Everybody will be happy and healthy. Oh, yeah. Ready to come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Remember the Trotter family? Yeah. He's trying yeah. to pass away from the remembrance family. He's got a sweet wife. They did everything together, so. Yeah, yeah. And someone I've worked with for several years, and I uh, uh, knew the family very well. The Strachan family, uh, Dan Strachan was his name. He passed away. He was 62 years old. And, and uh, he was on a hunting trip up in Minnesota, and 
and just had a massive heart attack. But I remember the stress my family. Uh, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, Vanessa, I'm going to ask you to lead us in this prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to praise your name right now for being in your house. We have such a dear family here, and we're so blessed. Lord, just we want you to lift up all these ones we've talked about. It's lost loved ones. The ones you're struggling, Lord. It, it, it's hard for Don and Kathy and Bo and Landa and Ellen Robert. It's just day-to-day -day hard. Yes. And Lord, we just pray special touch on all them. Lord, they're our family, and we love them. It's just a very difficult time, and we just want to lift them all up, Lord, and, and you just keep your hand upon them and bless them each day. Lord, we just, we love you, and we just don't praise you enough for what you do for us and what, how you love us. And just be with the service today, the songs, be with Brother Steve, give him what we need. And all these things are asked in your name. Amen. 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 Well, we'll take our classes now. So, uh... That's going big, isn't it? I bet Elijah had a fit. Oh, and the ones that were here, Isaac, he survived his crash. <laughs> he looks a little rough this morning, but... <laughs> it's not the first time. Yeah, not the first time. Good to see each one that's here this morning. Good to have our parentheses visitors with us this morning, we'll say. We are in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. And kind of the topic we're discussing is, um, well, the big picture is because of Adam, the sin in the garden, everything was cursed. Man was cursed. The earth was cursed. 
And by one man's disobedience, sin and death came into the world. But by one man's obedience being Adam, life came into the world. And what we're, we're kind of moving on to now a little bit has to do with that change when we're saved. Um, I guess I'll read verse 14 back up just a little bit just to kind of bring us up to speed. Paul made a statement here and he uses an imperative word. For sin shall not have dominion over you. And for me, you and me, those of us that are saved, for you're not under the law, but under grace. The law, we'll get into it a little more later, but the law told us what was wrong, but didn't give us a cure, did it? But grace gives us a cure for it. So I want to pick back up, I think we're at about verse 21. And Paul asks a really great question. And one other point let me make. We don't, I don't think people, I know I, I don't think of it consciously. But we'll serve one or the other. We'll serve righteousness or we'll serve evil. We'll do one of the two. And I know if you went and asked somebody on the street, do you serve sin? No. But yes, they really do. You're going to serve one of the two. If you follow one of the two, you're serving it, aren't you? Yeah. But Paul asked a great question in verse 21. He said, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Or as we'd say down south, what good did it do you? Right? Yeah. What good did it do you? All those things that you did in the flesh. Yeah. The writer of Ecclesiastes spent a whole book talking about profit. What profit is there? What profited you? What profit is there in following the flesh? Death. That's the profit that you gain. And then he turns around, what profit is there in serving the Spirit, in serving the righteousness? There's life. Yeah, but I love that question. He asked them of, of their old life, what profit did they bring out of it? Can you think of anything we do that has eternal profit? Except being saved. Being saved, yeah, the gift. There's really, you know, I could build, well, let's take that a step further. If I passed away today, it probably wouldn't be 20, 25 years. Most people wouldn't even know who I was. Just, just being real about it. It wouldn't be two generations. Nobody even in my family would have known me personally. Yeah. I'll give you a good example of that. Uh, I took over a farm for a guy that retired. <laughs> And about a year and a half or two years later, he died. And I, I went to one of his growers that I took from him, and I, I said, I want to tell you that uh, Mr. Calvert died. And the lady looked at me real quizzical and said, who? And they, he had been on their farm every week 
for like 15 years. And and she did, you know, like in a year and a half. And, and I'm, I'm sure I have growers that that was the same way. But uh, you're, unless you do something great like Abraham Lincoln or, or uh, you know, Benjamin Franklin or something, uh, Something like that. But you know the old saying, I was born without anything and I'll leave without anything. You know? Yes, what fruit had you in those things in your life before salvation? For the end of those things is death. You know, the minute something is made, it starts to deteriorate, doesn't it? What's the old, you drive the car off the lot and it starts declining in value. Yeah. But now, but now being made free from sin, you become servants to God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness. That's today. I can have fruit today in holiness. In the end, everlasting life. Well, you ever thought if you put those two options on a scale, what a no-brainer. But the flesh will fight it to the bitter end. That's true. You know? Here I've got death. Here I've got life on this earth and life everlasting and the flesh is, I'll take this one, I'll take this one. Despite what we do. That's why I like to use the saying, we have to drag our flesh along like a ball and chain. Right. Stubborn as he can be and he'll always be. Right. I can't do a thing with him. Yes, I can too. <laughs> he doesn't have eternal life. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, get that, I guess that gets him a, a reason but we have to keep our flesh in subjection. And, uh, and we have the ability to do that if we'll use it. Yeah, that's the other point. We can do it if we really want to. But here he makes that comparison. 
for the wages. Now, to have wages, you've got to work for it, don't you? Of sin is death. But he says the gift. Wages, gift. Is eternal life. You ever think about it? I traded my bag of filthiness for eternal life because of him. Yeah. What a deal. I don't think we grasp it. Even in our most spiritual times in our life, I don't think we grasp what really happened and what it really meant when we were saved. Yeah. Somebody said it hadn't even appeared to us yet what shall be. Yeah. All right, anyone else on this chapter? Okay, now Paul's going to make a, an analogy here of marriage and law and grace. Okay? We'll kind of go quickly through a little bit of this. Chapter 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law, bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, now here's, here's the, the analogy he's making. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Another place in the Bible, it tells us to mortify the flesh. Kill it. That's really what it's saying. Kill the flesh. That old life, well, we're, what we talked about the other day, when we're baptized, it's a symbol of being raised into a newness of life. Well, if I've got a new life, then something's got to be old. Yeah, yeah. As I was married to that old life, it's dead. I need to be married to my new life, Christ. Yeah. Verse 5, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered. We're delivered. I'll say it again. I could not do this on my own. Right. I ask the question, can a man change his spots? And my answer is no, not outside of Christ. Right. Can't do it. Right. Just don't have the power to do it. The ability to do it. The fortitude to do it. That being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the law. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. 
Is that it? Close enough? All right. It means sinful lust. Let's go that way. There we go. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died, and the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Let me give you a good analogy of that if I could. I've got a great four-lane highway that's straight as a rifle shot out through here. And there's no speed limit sign. Sound like fun, doesn't it? Montana. I can go 150 miles an hour. There's no law against it. Now, the danger of going 150 miles an hour is still there. I just don't know any better. Right? My tires aren't rated to go that fast. My car suspension's not good enough to go that fast. Uh, if I hit something, I'm going to hit it really hard. But there's no speed limit. I was just saying, the moose doesn't ever stay out And the moose doesn't ever stay out of the road. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But even though the danger was there, there's no law against it. But then there came that sign that said, we'll go 55. How's that? Now, if I do my 150, I'm guilty. The danger was there both times. But now that sign has pointed out, I'm wrong. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Danger was there regardless. But now the law came up, and I'm guilty. Because I broke that specific law. Yeah. Yeah. Like earlier in this chapter, the, the part where he was using the analogy of, of uh, marriage <laughs> and divorce and death. You know, I got to think about that. We've all known people who have gone through divorces <laughs> and, and we've known people who lost a spouse. And when you lose a spouse, they're, they're gone. Um, and, and like I said, you're, you're no longer tied legally to them. But if through living a, a non-committed Christian life, we don't kill off the flesh, the desires of the flesh, we're going to drag it along with us. And that would be like a bad divorce. That person that's been uh, supposedly removed from your life is going to be there in the background, and, and you can't ever get completely free from that. Mm -hmm. So the, the analogy of, of that is, is really good, that, that we don't need to drag the old person along behind us like you talked about. Um, put that person away. Yeah, that lifestyle. Yeah. Anyone else? The rest of this chapter, I think, is some of the most applicable scripture there is for Michael today. You know, what, what situation does this leave me in? Having, having an old body of flesh that's just determined to do something wrong versus the inward part of me that's determined to do something right. Where does that leave us? 
And I just love the analogy of the little guy on this shoulder and the little guy on this shoulder, one in each ear. And that's what Paul's going to talk about now. And you think, oh, we think Paul, we think perfect, don't we? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No. As I've said many times, one of the reasons I think the Bible's true is it paints these people warts and all. Yeah. And here, Paul's going to talk about the battle he has with his flesh. Okay? Let's pick it up in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. And what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it was good. Now then there is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, or as we'll say the Adam man, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. I didn't read that right, did I? For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, my flesh, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the, to the law of sin which is in my members. Don't you see the tug of war there? The outer man. No, 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 no. Spiritual man. The inner man. No, no. And we fight that battle every day and we'll fight it till we die. Every one of us. If Paul struggled with it, what arrogance do I think I have saying I don't? Yeah. Michael, I, I recently um, got a conviction that the thorn in the flesh um, that Paul had was that. Not, not having total control over his Adam man. And he he begged God three times. I know a lot of people says that he, he wanted to not be short or not have vision problems or not have hearing problems. I, I, you know, but I think that Paul looked at life more spiritually than that. And I guess given the the choice between getting out of this chair and having total control over my Adam man, I'd take that. And um, I really think, and that's when God's answer to him was my grace is sufficient. You ever noticed how sneaky our Adam man is? We think he's doing good and something happens and there he is. We say something we shouldn't. 
We slam the dryer door. <laughs> we slam the car door, right? Yeah. We, we, before we know it, we've said, you want to catch the words when it comes out, but it's too late. Yeah. He's sneaky. And Paul battled that. You know, it's not fair, and I know you hate that. It's not fair that you can spend a lifetime building up influence and kill it in a minute. It's not fair, but we can. Usually at the Little League Park. At the Little League Park, yeah. What's that? T-ball fields where Christian influence goes to die. Yeah. Um, it may not be fair, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, it may not be fair, but it's true. But it also, there's a, I want to give us a little encouragement this much. Christ knows we're not perfect. And loves us anyway. We're going to stumble now and then. Don't let it get the best of you. I've heard ministers say this in, in invitations. And, and, you know, there is a shame in sin. But there's a bigger shame in not doing anything about it. Those, yeah. Any perfect people in here? Not me. But we'll let it discourage us. Here I made that same mistake again. I, I flew off the handle. I, I, I blurted out and I shouldn't have. You know. Well, we're all, we all have that problem. Yeah. Discouragement. Yeah. We all fight that now and then. But look at the prophets of God. The great ones that hid in the caves. Yeah. I love the verse of Scripture where Christ says, I know your frame. I know what you're made out of. Yeah. Yeah. If we dwell in the fact we fail, mm -hmm. it's just going to set us up for more failure. Yeah. 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 That's a goldfish. I have said this, I know, a lot of times, but I, I just think of it almost on a weekly basis that I'll, I'll come to church because I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. Guard our minds. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. You know, that, that thing we used to say about a, well, computers were coming along when we used to say of garbage in and garbage mm -hmm. out. It, it's so important to be, and I'm reminded of that today, how important it is that we, we guard ourselves. Um, and uh, I wanted to share this thought because. Uh, come to me as well. Uh, Sam Hollis was our pastor for many years. And, and Brother Sam would often say that a lot of problems that we're going to face or the temptations that Satan's going to bring our way, you need to make up your mind now what you're going to do about it. Mm -hmm. Because when the temptation comes along, it's, it can be too late. Mm -hmm. So make your mind up now because you're going to be faced with that. So I really appreciate the lesson today. What's the little children's song? Okay, I, I know, I know. You're about to bust, I know. <laughs> oh, be careful of lies what you see. Oh, be careful of ears what you hear. Because really and truly, we, we talk about these two forces. That's where the battleground lies, is the mind. Right. Yeah. That's why he talked about us dwelling on things above.
if I want to dwell on this earth, I'm going to dig a hole and get under a rock when I look around at it. Okay. Second Corinthians 10.5 Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. Read these last two verses to wrap it all up. Paul says, O wretched man that I am. And he was a saved person. He's talking about his flesh. Who shall deliver me from the body of this flesh? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the delivery. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul realized he wasn't going to get out of this battle. But he had a, he had a plan. He had a way to handle it. And that was through Christ. Anyone else? Well, let me ask one more question. This is that time of the year that you never know what to do with the church heat. Is it hot, cold? Just right. Just right? Okay. Never know where to turn the heat on. You'll need the heat next Sunday, that's for sure. It's the last pretty day of the fall, I believe. Unless you like 60s, which I do. Anyone else a word? I appreciate everybody's help this morning.